Book Fourteen of Jerusalem Delivered by Toquato Tasso. Translated by Edward Fairfax. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. The Argument The Lord to Godfrey in a dream doth show his will. Rinaldo must return at last. They have their asking who for pardon sue. Two knights to find the prince are sent in haste. But Peter, who by vision all foreknew, Sendeth the searchers to a wizard placed deep in a vault, Who first at large declares Armida's trains, Then how to shun those snares. Now from the fresh, the soft, and tender bed Of her still mother, gentle night outflew, the fleeting balm on hills and dales she shed, With honey drops of pure and precious dew, And on the verdure of green forests Spread the virgin primrose and the violet blue. And sweet-breathed Zephyr on his spreading wings Sleep, ease, repose, rest, peace, and quiet brings. The thoughts and troubles of broad waking day They softly dipped in mild oblivion's lake, but he whose Godhead heaven and earth doth sway in his eternal light did watch and wake, and bent on Godfrey down the gracious ray of his bright eye, still ope for Godfrey's sake, to whom a silent dream the Lord down sent, which told his will, his pleasure, and intent. Far in the east, the golden gate beside, whence Phoebus comes, a crystal port there is, and ere the sun his broad doors open wide, The beams of spreading day uncloseth this. Hence comes the dreams by which heaven's sacred guide Reveals to man those high decrees of his. Hence toward Godfrey, ere he left his bed, A vision strange his golden plumes bespread. Such semblances, such shapes, such portraits fair, Did never yet in dream or sleep appear. For all the forms in sea, in earth, or air, The signs in heaven, the stars in every sphere, All that was wondrous, uncouth, strange, and rare, All in that vision well presented were. His dream had placed him in a crystal wide, Beset with golden fires, top, bottom, side. There, while he wandereth on the circles vast, The stars, their motions, course, and harmony, a knight, with shining rays and fire embraced, Presents himself unwares before his eye, Who, with a voice that far for sweetness Passed all human speech, thus said, approaching nigh, What, Godfrey, knowst thou not thy Hugo here? Come and embrace thy friend and fellow dear. He answered him, Thy glorious shining light, which in thine eyes His glistering beams doth place, estranged hath from my foreknowledge quite thy countenance, thy favor, and thy face. This said, three times he stretched his hands outright, and would in friendly arms the knight embrace, and thrice the spirit fled, that thrice he twined not in his folded arms, but air and wine. Lord Hugo smiled. Not as you think, quoth he, I clothed am in flesh and earthly mould, my spirit pure and naked soul, you see, A citizen of this celestial hold. This place is heaven, And here a room for thee prepared is Among Christ's champions bold. 
Ah, when, quoth he, these mortal bonds unknit, Shall I in peace, in ease, and rest there sit? Hugo replied, Ere many years shall run, Amid the saints in bliss here shalt thou reign. But first, great wars must by thy hand be done, Much blood be shed, and many pagans slain. The holy city by assault be won, The land set free from servile yoke again wherein thou shalt a Christian empire frame, and after thee shall Baldwin rule the same. But to increase thy love and great desire to heavenward, this blessed place behold, these shining lamps, these globes of living fire, how they are turned, guided, moved, and rolled, the angels singing here and all their choir. Then bend thine eyes on yonder earth and mold, all in that mass, that globe and compass, see. Land, sea, spring, fountain, man, beast, grass, and tree. How vile, how small, and of how slender price Is their reward of goodness, virtue's gain. A narrow room our glory vain upties, A little circle doth our pride contain. Earth, like an isle, amid the water lies, Which sea sometime is called, sometime the main, Yet not therein responds a name so great, It's but a lake, a pond, a marish strait. Thus said the one. The other bended down his looks to ground, And half in scorn he smiled. He saw at once earth, Sea, flood, castle, town, strangely divided, strangely all compiled, and wondered, Folly man so far should drown, to set his heart on things so base and vile, that servile empire searcheth, and dumb fame, and scorns heaven's bliss, yet proffereth heaven the same. Wherefore he answered, Since the Lord not yet will free my spirit from this cage of clay, Lest worldly error vain my voyage let, Teach me to heaven the best and surest way. Hugo replied, Thy happy foot is set in the true path, Nor from this passage stray, Only from exile young Rinaldo call, This give I thee in charge, else not at all. For as the Lord of hosts, the King of bliss, Hath chosen thee to rule the faithful band, So he, Thy stratagems appointed is to execute, So both shall win this land. The first is thine, the second place is his. Thou art this army's head, and he the hand. No other champion can his place supply, And that thou do it doth thy state deny. Then chanted forest and her charmed treen With cutting steel shall he to earth down hew. And thy weak armies, which too feeble been to scale again these walls, reinforced new, and fainting lie dispersed on the green, shall take new strength, new courage at his view. The high-built towers, the eastern squadrons, all shall conquered be, shall fly, shall die, shall fall. He held his peace, and Godfrey answered so. Oh, how his presence would recomfort me! You, that man's hidden thoughts perceive and know, If I say truth, or if I love him, See, but say, what messengers shall for him go? What shall their speeches, what their errand be? Shall I entreat, or else command the man? With credit, neither well perform I can, 
The eternal Lord, the other knight replied, That with so many graces hath thee blessed, Wills that among the troops thou hast to guide, Thou honored be and feared of most and least. Then speak not thou, lest blemish some betide Thy sacred empire if thou make request. But when by suit thou moved art to Ruth, Then yield, forgive, and home recall the youth. Guelpho shall pray thee, God shall him inspire, To pardon this offence, this fault commit By hasty wrath, by rash and headstrong ire, To call the knight again. Yield thou to it, and though the youth, Enwrapped in fond desire, Far hence in love and looseness idle sit, Yet fear it not, he shall return with speed When most you wish him, and when most you need. Your hermit Peter, to whose sapient heart High heaven his secrets opens, tells and shews, Your messengers direct can to that part Where of the prince they shall hear certain news, And learn the way, the manner, and the art To bring him back to these thy warlike crews. That all thy soldiers, wandered and misgone, Heaven may unite again and join in one. But this conclusion shall my speeches end, Know that his blood shall mixed be with thine, Whence barons bold and worthy shall descend, That many great exploits shall bring to fine. This said, he vanished from his sleeping friend, Like smoke in wind, or mist in titan's shine. Sleep fled likewise, and in his troubled thought, With wonder, pleasure, joy with marvel fought. The duke looked up, and saw the azure sky with argent beams of silver morning spread, and started up, for praise and virtue lie in toil and travail, sin and shame in bed. His arms he took, his sword girt to his thigh, to his pavilion all his lords them sped, and there in council grave the princes sit, for strength by wisdom, war is ruled by wit. Lord Guelpho there, within whose gentle breast Heaven had infused that new and sudden thought, His pleasing words thus to the duke addressed, Good prince, mild though unasked, kind unbesought, O oh, let thy mercy grant my just request, Pardon this fault, by rage not malice wrought, For great offence I grant, so late commit, My suit too hasty is perchance unfit, but since to Godfrey meek, benign, and kind, For Prince Rinaldo bold I humbly sue, And that the suitor's self is not behind Thy greatest friends, in state or friendship true, I trust I shall thy grace and mercy find Acceptable to me and all this crew. O call him home, this trespass to amend, He shall his blood in Godfrey's service spend. And if not he, who else dares undertake? Of this enchanted wood to cut one tree. Gainst death and danger, who dares battle make With so bold face, so fearless heart as he? Beat down these walls, these gates in pieces break, Leap o'er these rampires high, the shalt him see. Restore therefore to this desirous band Their wish, their hope, their strength, their shield, their hand. To me, my nephew, to thyself, Restore a trusty help when strength of hand thou needs. In idleness let him consume no more. Recall him to his noble acts and deeds. Known be his worth as was his strength of yore. 
Where'er thy standard broad her cross outspreads, O let his fame and praise spread far and wide, Be thou his lord, his teacher, and his guide. Thus he entreated, and the rest approve his words, With friendly murmurs whispered low. Godfrey, as though their suit his mind did move To that whereon he never thought till now, How can my heart, quoth he, if you I love To your request and suit but bend and bow? Let rigor go, that right and justice be Wherein you all consent and all agree. Rinaldo shall return, let him restrain henceforth his headstrong wrath and hasty ire, and with his hardy deeds let him take pain to correspond your hope and my desire. Guelfo, thou must call home the knight again. See that with speed he to these tents retire. The messengers appoint as likes thy mind, and teach them where they should the young man find. Up starts the Dane that bore Prince Sueno's brand. I will, quoth he, that message undertake. I will refuse no pains by sea or land to give the knight this sword kept for his sake. This man was bold of courage, strong of hand. Guelfo was glad he did the proffer make. Thou shalt, quoth he, Ubaldo shalt thou have to go with thee, a knight stout, wise, and grave. Ubaldo in his youth had known and seen the fashion strange of many an uncouth land, and travelled over all the realms between the Arctic Circle and hot Meroe's strand, and as a man whose wit his guide had been, their customs use he could, tongues understand. For thee, when spent his youthful seasons were, Lord Guelfo entertained and held him dear. To these committed was the charge and care to find and bring again the champion bold. Guelfo commands them to the fort repair where Boymond doth his seat and scepter hold. For public fame said that Bertoldo's heir there lived, there dwelt, there stayed. The hermit old that knew they were misled by false report, among them came and parlored in this sort. Sir knights, quoth he, if you intend to ride and follow each report fond people say, you follow but a rash and trothless guide that leads vain men amiss and makes them stray. Near Ascalon go to the salt seaside, where a swift brook falls in with hideous sway. An aged sire, our friend, there shall you find all what he saith, that do, that keep in mind. Of this great voyage which you undertake, much by his skill and much by mine advice hath he foreknown, and welcome for my sake you both shall be, the man is kind and wise. Instructed thus, no further question make the twain elected for this enterprise, but humbly yielded to obey his word. For what the hermit said, that said the Lord. They took their leave, and on their journey went, their will could brook no stay, their zeal no let. To Ascalon their voyage straight they bend, Whose broken shores with brackish waves are wet. And there they heard how gainst the cliffs, Besprent with bitter foam, The roaring surges wet. A tumbling brook their passage stopped and stayed, Which late fallen rain had proud and puissant made. So proud that over all his banks he grew, And through the fields ran swift as shaft from bow. While here they stopped and stood, before them drew an aged sire, grave and benign in show, crowned with a beechen garland gathered new. 
clad in a linen robe that wrought down low, in his right hand a rod, and on the flood against the stream he marched and dry-shod yod. As on the Rhine, when winter's freezing cold congeals the streams to thick and hardened glass, the beauties fair of shepherds' daughters bold with wanton windlays run, turn, play, and pass. So on this river passed the wizard old, although unfrozen soft and swift it was, and thither stalked where the warrior stayed. To whom, their greetings done, he spoke and said, Great pains, great travail, lords, you have begun, and of a cunning guide great need you stand. Far off, alas, is great Pertoldo's son imprisoned in a waste and desert land. What soil remains by which you must not run? What promontory, rock, sea, shore, or sand? Your search must stretch before the prince be found beyond our world, beyond our half of ground. But yet vouchsafe to see my cell, I pray, in hidden caves and vaults, though builded low. Great wonders there, strange things I will bewray, things good for you to hear and fit to know. This said, he bids the river make them way. The flood retired, backward gan to flow, and here and there two crystal mountains rise. So fled the Red Sea once, and Jordan thrice. He took their hands, and led them headlong down under the flood, through vast and hollow deeps. Such light they had, as when through shadows brown of thickest deserts feeble Cynthia peeps. There spacious caves they saw all overgrown, there all his waters pure great Neptune keeps, and thence, to moisten all the earth, he brings seas, rivers, floods, lakes, fountains, wells, and springs, whence Ganges, Indus, Volga, Isterpo, whence Euphrates, whence Tigris spring, they view, whence Tanais, whence Nilus comes also, although his head till then no creature knew. But under these a wealthy stream doth go that sulphur yields, and ore rich, quick, and new, which the sunbeams doth polish, purge, and fine, and makes it silver pure and gold divine. And all his banks the rich and wealthy stream hath fair beset with pearl and precious stone like stars in sky, or lamps on stage that seem. The darkness there was day, the night was gone. There sparkled, clothed in his azure beam, the heavenly sapphire. There the jacinth shone, the carbuncle there flamed, the diamond sheen there glistered bright. There smiled the emerald green. Amazed the knights amid these wonders passed, and fixed so deep the marvels in their thought, that not one word they uttered, till at last Ubaldo spake, and thus his guide besought, O oh, father, tell me, by what skill thou hast these wonders done, and to what place us brought? For well I know not, if I wake or sleep, my heart is drowned in such amazement deep. You are within the hollow womb, quoth he, of fertile earth, the nurse of all things made, and but you brought and guided are by me, her sacred entrails could no white invade. My palace shortly shall you splendent see with glorious light, though built in night and shade. A pagan was I born, but yet 
the Lord to grace by baptism hath my soul restored. Nor yet by help of devil or aid from hell I do this uncouth work and wondrous feat. The Lord forbid I use or charm or spell to raise foul dees from his infernal seat. But of all herbs, of every spring and well, the hidden power I know and virtue great, and all that kind hath hid from mortal sight, and all the stars, their motions and their might. For in these caves I dwell, not buried still from sight of heaven, but often I resort to tops of Lebanon or Carmel Hill, and there in liquid air myself disport. There Mars and Venus I behold at will, as bare as erst when Vulcan took them short. And how the rest roll, glide, and move I see, how their aspects benign or froward be. And underneath my feet the clouds I view, now thick, now thin, now bright with iris bow. The frost and snow, the rain, the hail, the dew, the winds from whence they come and whence they blow. How Jove his thunder makes, and lightning new! How with a bolt he strikes the earth below! How comet, crinet, codet stars are framed, I knew. My skill with pride my heart inflamed. So learned, cunning, wise myself, I thought, that I supposed my wit so high might climb to know all things that God had framed or wrought. Fire, air, sea, earth, man, beast, sprite, place, and time. But when your hermit me to baptism brought, And from my soul had washed the sin and crime, Then I perceived my sight was blindness still, My wit was folly, ignorance my skill. Then saw I that, like owls in shining sun, So gainst the beams of truth our souls are blind, And at myself to smile I then begun and at my heart puffed up with folly's wind. Yet still these arts, as I before had done, I practised. Such was the hermit's mind. Thus hath he changed my thoughts, my heart, my will, and rules mine art, my knowledge, and my skill. In him I rest, on him my thoughts depend. My lord, my teacher, and my guide is he. This noble work he strives to bring to end, He is the architect, the workman we. The hardy youth, home to this camp to send From prison strong, my care, my charge shall be. So he commands, and me ere this foretold Your coming oft to seek the champion bold. While this he said, he brought the champions twain Down to a vault wherein he dwells and lies. It was a cave, high, wide, large, ample, plain, with goodly rooms, halls, chambers, galleries, all what is bred in rich and precious vein of wealthy earth, and hid from mortal eyes, there shines, and fair adorned was every part with riches grown by kind, not framed by art. A hundred grooms, quick, diligent, and neat, attendance gave about these strangers bold, Against the wall there stood a cupboard grate of massy plate of silver, crystal, gold. But when with precious wines and costly meat they filled were, thus spake the wizard old. Now fits the time, sir knights, I tell and show what you desire to hear and long to know. Armida's craft, her slight, 
and hidden guile you partly wot her acts and arts untrue how to your camp she came and by what while the greatest lords and princes thence she drew you know she turned them first to monsters vile and kept them since closed up in secret mew lastly to gazaward in bonds them sent whom young rinaldo rescued as they went what chanced since i would at large declare to you unknown a story strange and true when first her prey got with such pain and care escaped and gone the witch perceived anew her hands she wrung for grief her clothes she tear and full of woe these heavy words out threw alas my knights are slain my prisoners free yet of that conquest never boast shall he he in their place shall serve me and sustain their plagues their torments suffer sorrows bear and they his absence shall lament in vain and wail his loss and theirs with many a tear thus talking to herself she did ordain a false and wicked guile as you shall hear thither she hasted where the valiant knight had overcome and slain her men in fight rinaldo there had doffed and left his own and on his back a pagan's harness tied perchance he deemed so to pass unknown and in those arms less noted safe to ride a headless course in fight late overthrown the witch in his forsaken arms did hide and by a brook exposed it on the sand whither she wist would come a christian band their coming might the dame foreknow right well for secret spies she sent forth thousand ways which every day news from the camp might tell who parted thence booties to search or praise besides the sprites conjured by sacred spell all what she asks or doubts reveals and says the body therefore placed she in that part that furthered best her sleight her craft and art and near the corpse a varlet false and sly she left attired in shepherd's homely weed and taught him how to counterfeit and lie as time required and he performed the deed with him your soldier spoke of jealousy and false suspect amongst them he strewed the seed that since brought forth the fruit of strife and jar of civil brawls contention discord war and as she wished so the soldiers thought by godfrey's practice that the prince was slain yet vanished that suspicion false to naught when truth spread forth her silver wings again her false devices thus armida wrought this was her first deceit her foremost train what next she practised shall you hear me tell against our knight and what thereof befell armida hunted him through wood and plain till on orontes flowery banks he stayed there where the stream did part and meet again and in the midst a gentle island made a pillar fair was piped beside the main near which a little frigate floating laid the marble white the prince did long behold and this inscription read there writ in gold whoso thou art whom will or chance doth bring with happy steps to flood orontes sides know that the world hath not so strange a thing twixt east and west as this small island hides then pass and see without more tarrying the hasty youth to pass the stream provides and for the cog was narrow small and straight alone he rode and bade his squires there wait landed 
he stalks about, yet not he sees but verdant groves, sweet shades, and mossy rocks, with caves and fountains, flowers, herbs, and trees, so that the words he read he takes for mocks. But that green isle was sweet at all degrees, wherewith enticed down sits he and unlocks his closed helm and bears his visage fair to take sweet breath from cool and gentle air a rumbling sound amid the waters deep meanwhile he heard and thither turned his sight and tumbling in the troubled stream took keep how the strong waves together rush and fight whence first he saw with golden tresses peep the rising visage of a virgin bright and then her neck her breasts and all as low as he for shame could see or she could show so in the twilight doth sometimes appear a nymph a goddess or a fairy queen and though no siren but a sprite this were yet by her beauty seemed it she had been one of those sisters false which haunted near the tyrene shores and kept those waters sheen like theirs her face her voice was and her sound and thus she sung and pleased both skies and ground ye happy youths whom april fresh and may attire in flowering green of lusty age for glory vain or virtue's idle ray do not your tender limbs to toil engage in calm streams fishes birds in sunshine play who fall with pleasure he is only sage so nature saith yet gainst her sacred will why still rebel you and why strive you still o fools who youth possess yet scorn the same a precious but a short abiding treasure virtue itself is but an idle name prized by the world above reason all and measure and honor glory praise renown and fame that men's proud hearts bewitch with tickling pleasure an echo is a shade a dream a flower with each wind blasted spoiled with every shower but let your happy souls in joy possess the ivory castles of your bodies fair your passed harms salve with forgetfulness haste not your coming ills with thought and care regard no blazing star with burning tress nor storm nor threatening sky nor thundering air this wisdom is good life and worldly bliss kind teacheth us nature commands us this thus sung the spirit false and stealing sleep to which her tunes enticed his heavy eyes by step and step did on his senses creep till every limb therein unmoved lies not thunders loud could from this slumber deep of quiet death true image make him rise then from her ambush forth armida start swearing revenge and threatening torments smart but when she looked on his face awhile and saw how sweet he breathed how still he lay how his fair eyes though closed seemed to smile at first she stayed astound with great dismay then sat her down so love can art beguile and as she sat and looked fled fast away her wrath thus on his forehead gazed the maid as in his spring narcissus tooting laid and with a veil she wiped now and then from his fair cheeks the globes of silver sweat 
and cool air gathered with a trembling fan to mitigate the rage of melting heat thus who would think it his hot eye glance can of that cold frost dissolve the hardness great which late congealed the heart of that fair dame who late a foe a lover now became of woodbines lilies and of roses sweet which proudly flowered through that wanton plain all plaited fast well knit and joined meet she framed a soft but surely holding chain wherewith she bound his neck his hands and feet thus bound thus taken did the prince remain and in a coach which two old dragons drew she laid the sleeping knight and thence she flew nor turned she to Damascus' kingdom large, nor to the fort built by us Faulty's lake, but, jealous of her dear and precious charge, and of her love ashamed, the way did take to the wide ocean, whither skiff or barge from us doth seld or never voyage make. And there, to frolic with her love a while, she chose a waste, a soul and desert isle, an isle that with her fellows bears the name of Fortunate, for temperate air and mould there in a mountain high alight the dame a hill obscured with shades of forest sold upon whose sides the witch by art did frame continual snow sharp frost and winter cold but on the top fresh pleasant sweet and green beside a lake a palace built this queen there in perpetual sweet and flowering spring she lives at ease and joys her lord at will the hardy youth from this strange prison bring your valors must directed by my skill and overcome each monster and each thing that guards the palace or that keeps the hill nor shall you want a guide or engines fit to bring you to the mount or conquer it beside the stream parted shall you find a dame in visage young but old in years her curled locks about her front are twined a party-colored robe of silk she wears this shall conduct you swift as air or wind or that flit bird that jove's hot weapon bears a faithful pilot cunning trusty sure as typhus was or skilful palinure at the hill's foot whereon the witch doth dwell the serpents hiss and cast their poison vial the ugly boars do rear their bristles fell there gape the bears and roar the lions wild but yet a rod i have can easily quell their rage and wrath and make them meek and mild yet on the top and height of all the hill the greatest danger lies and greatest ill there welleth out a fair clear bubbling spring whose waters pure the thirsty guests entice but in whose liquors cold the secret sting of strange and deadly poison closed lies one sup thereof the drinker's heart doth bring to sudden joy whence laughter vain doth rise nor that strange merriment once stops or stays till with his laughter's end he end his days then from those deadly wicked streams refrain your thirsty lips despise the dainty cheer you find exposed upon the grassy plain nor those false damsels once vouchsafe to hear that in melodious tunes their voices strain whose faces lovely smiling sweet appear but you their looks their voice their songs despise and enter fair armada's paradise 
The house is builded like a maze within, with turning stairs, false doors, and winding ways, the shape whereof, plotted in vellum thin, I will you give, that all those slights beraise. In midst a garden lies, where many a gin and net to catch frail hearts false cupid lays. There, in the verdure of the arbor's green, with your brave champion, lies the wanton queen. But when she haply riseth from the night, and hath withdrawn her presence from the place, then take a shield I have of diamonds bright, and hold the same before the young man's face, that he may glass therein his garment's light, and wanton soft attire, and view his case, that with the sight shame and disdain may move his heart to leave that base and servile love. Now resteth naught that needful is to tell, but that you go secure, safe, sure, and bold. Unseen the palace may you enter well, and past the dangers all I have foretold. For neither art, nor charm, nor magic spell can stop your passage, or your steps withhold. Nor shall Armida, so you guarded be, your coming aught foreknow or once foresee. And eke, as safe from that enchanted fort, you shall return and scape unhurt away. But now the time doth us to rest exhort, And you must rise by peep of springing day. This said, he led them through a narrow port Into a lodging fair wherein they lay. There, glad and full of thoughts, he left his guests, And in his wanted bed the old man rests. End of Book Fourteen